we have traditions for everything. For instance, we always keep our heads covered and always wear a little prayer shawl. This shows our constant devotion to God. You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. This is Plausibly Live. Well, good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you do. A lot of things happening in the world today, most of them far beyond our control, you might say. Perhaps it's time we took a pause and thought about life, thought about the laws of gravity, fences, traditions, life, and friends. Don't touch that dial. Try to hear me out for a little while. Sorry, my voice is a little off this morning, which is not all that unusual, I think, but there you go. On Wednesday, I was driving with Ben. We were going to his homeschool PE class, which he really enjoys. Uh, I think he enjoys it more than he ever enjoyed PE at school, mostly because he gets to swim afterwards, but, you know, you get the idea. We... uh, while we were driving, he asked me a question. He asked me lots of questions, but the question that stood out in my mind was his question about what's something that Grandpa taught you that you always remember? And it was kind of a... He he, he asks lots of questions about Grandpa, my dad. What would dad. What would Grandpa have thought about this? What would Grandpa have thought about that? Um... When he asked me that question, and it was kind of uh, it was kind of a reminder, way back when uh, John and Mazzy and I did a top five things that our <clears throat> things that our dads said, taught us those kinds of things, and I didn't hesitate because the one that I have always carried from my father, there's lots of them, but one of them that really stands out to me has always been never tear down a fence until you know why it's there. And I I said that to Ben and he was like, I don't I don't understand. What does that mean? And so we got into this discussion about traditions and fences and uh, things like that and and how traditions, things that sometimes don't make sense to us are like fences. Sometimes there's a fence and we have no idea why it's there. Traditions are kind of the same way. Sometimes we have no idea why we do things the way we do them. We just do them because that's the way we've always done it. And there's a tendency to think in those terms. Well, we don't, you know, we don't need to do that just because, you know, people did it 500 years ago. It doesn't mean we need to do it anymore. But I think it's, uh, I think it's important to remember that traditions are actually lessons learned. They're problems that have been solved. They are solutions to problems. And when we discard traditions without figuring out why they're there, we're going to have that same problem again, and now we're going to have to figure out the solution again. Unless we already know and have that tradition in place, and we understand it. One of the things I think 
that we don't do is we don't talk about these things enough. We don't we don't explain to ourselves why we do certain things the way we do them. What traditions do we have that we keep? It's it's like the film Fiddler on the Roof tradition. But if you don't really understand why the tradition is in place, maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you start tearing it down like that fence, you start opening yourselves up for things that you may not be prepared to deal with. And it's it's an imperative, I think, in many ways, because we've got to train ourselves in so many ways to be understanding of these things. You tear down a tradition that you don't understand or you don't know why it exists, you reintroduce the problem, and then you have to do it all over again. And that seems counterproductive to me. But at the same time, if we haven't passed down the why of the tradition, then you end up with situations like, well, there was a man. Sorry, I'm going to tell you a proverb. There was a man who married a beautiful young woman who went to prepare a special day dinner for him. She pulled out the the pan and she pulled out the roast and she cut off both ends of the roast and put the roast in the pan, made the roast, and he enjoyed it. But he was intrigued. Why, why did you cut the ends off the roast? And she looked at him and said, well, that's how my mother taught me to do it. He said, well, that seems kind of silly, but, you know, I mean, it did taste good, so I'm not going to complain. But every time she would cook a roast, she would cut the ends off and put it in the pan. And that was the way they lived their life for many years. And so he finally decided he was going to get to the bottom of this. And so an opportunity came and they went to visit uh, the mother and he pulled her aside and said, okay, I got to know. Every time my wife, your daughter cooks for me, uh, cooks a roast for me, she cuts the ends off the roast. And I have no idea why she does this. It doesn't make any sense to me. And the mother-in-law looked at him and said, well, that's how my mother taught me to do it. And so, of course, I taught her how to do it. Passed it on. Now he's even more intrigued because, you know, this is, this is weird and he doesn't really understand it. The day came, some years later, when they were able to go visit the grandmother, his wife's grandmother, his mother-in-law's mother. She was in her final days, and uh, it was one of those, you know, let's go, let's go see her before the end. But he was determined, still, to get to the bottom of this. And so, at an opportune moment, when everyone else was out of the room, he said to her, Grandma, I gotta ask. My wife does this. She cuts the ends off the roast. I don't know why she does it. She says because her mother taught her to do it. When I asked my mother-in-law, she said it was because that's the way you did it. And I have to know, why do you do this? It seems weird, wasteful, odd. The grandmother, laying there in her bed, started laughing. She said, I'll tell you the secret, why I do that. 
because when we were very young, starting out as a family, we couldn't afford a big pan. <clears throat> so the roast wouldn't fit in the pan. So I had to cut the ends off to get the roast to fit in the pan. When we don't necessarily talk about why we do things the way we do them, the real reasons get lost. And that can be just as detrimental as it can be positive. It can be just as problematic in our traditions as not knowing why we do it in the first place, not understanding the problem. Grandma had a problem. The pan was too small. She cut the ends off. Everybody saw her doing that and went, well, that must be the way to do it because her, her roasts are really good. And three generations later, we're still cutting the ends off without ever asking if we still have the problem or not. The understanding, the discussion of things is why it's so important. The talking about why we do things. For me, that's part of history. It's, it's part of what we do. It's part of who we are. If we don't talk about why we do certain things, why we believe or why we say we believe certain things, those things get lost. On Wednesday night, after Ben's class, I was over at the synagogue, and we were learning some things. And they were talking about, the rabbi was talking about the differences between types of scripture and the Torah. Now, I don't want to get into it. This isn't, this isn't a theological podcast, but you need to understand that in Jewish tradition, there are three types of scriptures in the Torah. One is what's known as direct communication. God spoke this. That's the Torah. Number two is the prophecies, prophets speaking. And number three, the third type is what's known as divine inspiration, Ruach HaKodesh, which opens up, a, believe me, if you're one of my uh, Salvation Army friends, you already know this is going to open up some discussions. But put that aside for the moment. And so we were looking at different types of scripture and how we read it. And one of the exercises was they gave us two pages full of Proverbs and said, read through these and choose the one that speaks to you. What's, what's the one that you really find relates to you and your life? Now, remember, I just had this conversation with Ben. I'd been thinking about history and traditions and passing those things on for some time. And as I'm reading down the page on the third, second column of the third page of this, is Proverbs 22, 28. Now, there are a lot of Proverbs that are important, that speak to people. One of my favorites is, as iron sharpens iron, so a man's countenance sharpens another. That's clearly one of my favorites. But oddly enough, that one wasn't on the page. This one, however, was. Proverbs 22, 28, if you haven't looked it up yet. And it says very simply this. Do not remove the boundary stone that your ancestors set up, that your forefathers set up. Traditions protect us from ourselves. They maintain our values. They maintain our understandings of things. And when we think about how the scriptures relate to us, when we think about, particularly in Judaism, the difference between the written Torah and the oral Torah, the traditions themselves 
sometimes become like the written Torah. They are very almost inaccessible. One of the things that the rabbi pointed out is that unless you are deeply steeped in theology, reading a Torah scroll, the actual written law, is a very difficult exercise. It's it's not easy to do. You, they, there are no punctuation marks. There are no, you know, there's nothing there that would indicate to you where a sentence starts or ends, where a paragraph starts or ends, where a chapter starts and ends. It just doesn't, they don't exist in the written Torah. It's very inaccessible. And so it's our written, our oral Torah, our discussions of these things that lead us to be able to understand them. Uh, similar in a, in a similar way for those of you of the Christian faith, uh, there were, in my day, many people who were adamant that you could only use the King James Version Bible. Anything else was, was an anathema, and it was a sin, and you know, King James Version Bible is the only Bible, and that's been... So uh, I had someone tell me that one day. <laughs> I reached back off my shelf, and I pulled down an original copy. It's a copy. It's not an original of the original 1611 King James Version Bible. And I handed it to him, and I said, just pick a passage and read it to me. In the same way, the original King James Version Bible is virtually unreadable today. Unless you know a lot about English language history and how English is written, you're going to struggle with that, and it's not going to make any sense to you. It's the same way. And but But our discussions about things, our talking about things have transmuted that into a way that we can understand it and we can hold on to it. Traditions like the written Torah sometimes are inaccessible, but if we talk about them, they protect us from having to relearn lessons over and over and over again. And like that wife's pan, if we don't talk about them, we lose the knowledge and we forget that the original problem was we just needed a bigger pan. It's just something to think about on a Friday as we head into the weekend. Look, normally I do a second segment. There's a lot of news stories out there that I'd like to talk about, but I got some news this morning that's a little sad, I guess. A good friend of mine lost a close family member this morning. I'm not really at liberty to discuss it right now because it hasn't been announced, but a friend of mine lost someone who's very important to them. And frankly, it's sort of... It fit into what I was talking about, but it, at the same time, I just didn't, I just didn't have the the gas to go into a second story. So, I hope you'll forgive me for that, and I hope you will take the lesson to heart. And importantly, I hope that you will take the time right now to tell the people that matter in your life that you love them very much. You'd miss them if they weren't there. You don't want to have that regret. Plausibly live. I'm Dave Bowman. This is my show, and we will see you on Monday for a brand new episode of the Dave Bowman Show on demand internet radio show. Mm-hmm.